0: Today's sponsor is Every Plate. Initially, I thought meal kits had to be expensive, that there were kind of a splurge. But as it turns out, Every Plate is more affordable than groceries. Their quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like the bag of spinach that I throw out every single week. You can skip the store and let EveryPlate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook a delicious meal at a consistently low price. For me, in the summer, I'd rather be out enjoying the sunshine than cooking. EveryPlate helps me do just that. veggie plate, family plate, and easy plate preferences to serve up crowd-pleasing meals night after night. Try EveryPlate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code SELFIE179. Again, that's $1.79 per meal at everyplate.com with the code SELFIE179. Today's episode is sponsored by Soma Somovetic devices rely on frequency therapies and the healing powers of precious and semi-precious stones and metals to create a natural energy field to harmonize your home. If you wanna try SomaVetic, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee to let you try. Visit somavetic.com and use the code SELFIE for 10% off. That's S-O-M-A-V-E-D-I-C.com with the code SELFIE for 10% off.
1: Hey everyone, I'm Kristen Howerton, a writer and a psychotherapist. And I'm Rue Powell, an admitted workaholic and self-care Luddite. And you
0: are listening to SELFIE, a weekly podcast about women learning to take better care of themselves.
1: We think self-care is important,
0: Hey, guys. Well, we are here at week 127 of quarantine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Feels like that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We keep singing um, The Little Mermaid, but just the line, I want to be where the people are over and over again. No, it's
0: so (laughs) true. And I mean, you know, I am a, a strong introvert and I am. I'm feeling this. So, yeah, we wanted to talk today about connection and how we're finding connection in the midst of what is really a very isolating experience. Um, First, um, Rue, how has your self-care been going this past week?
1: You know, I really took last week's um, episode about evening routines to heart. And I said, I'm going to absolutely practice what I preach. And I've been doing that. Um, And sleep has been eluding me a little bit, especially since all of this has started. But I have been really adamant about, you know, not staring at my phone until I pass out and uh, just kind of doing a calming activity before bed, counting on my echo to wake me up as opposed to, you know, having my mm-hmm. phone near me. And I have found that that has made a difference. It's not like in it's not curing any ins- like all of the insomnia. It's not sure. a cure all, but I, I have seen a difference and I find that it's just a, a more relaxing way to go to bed. So I have been pretty good about that. Um, how about you?
0: I have improved my routine in terms of not looking at the news um, right before I go to to bed. And also, I've just kind of reduced it overall in general um, throughout my day. But I have still struggled with sleep. I think for me now, it's not so much as like the obsessive checking and worrying about my health so much as I just am not finding the time to get my work done during the day because my kids are doing online school. Mm -hmm. And it's requiring quite a bit of supervision from me. Um, And, you know, it's tough because I know, you know, a lot of people are just let it go. But like, I have a high schooler, you know, and so I want to make sure his transcripts are, you know, looking good. Right. Um, You know, I'm not as concerned about my fifth grader, but I have a high schooler. So, and he's needing a lot of hand-holding with this. You know, he's not a real independently motivated student. Right. Um, so then what I'm doing is I'm working late into the evening. You know, the kids yeah. go to bed and then I finally start working. It feels very much like it did when I had children not in school yet. That's what my schedule feels like.
1: Wow. Yeah. So it's like when they were babies. Right. <laughs> you remember t- that? when and you had, would when just you do everything at midnight. Right. Yeah. I find that, too. Um, my kids are being affected Uh, by COVID, even just just kind of emotionally. And I think we kind of forget that. Like, obviously, my kids aren't listening to NPR, right, or watching CNN. But clearly, things are very different for them. And I found that each of my three are kind of – are kind of expressing that in different ways. And they, they're they not even they're not even saying, hey, the current the current state of the world is causing me distress. It's one person's like one kid's general anxiety is kicked up. Another kid's just a little bit sad. Another kid is having like these outbursts where they just start crying. I also have a kid that's like approaching puberty. so It's just like, I feel like right now, it's a lot of there's the schoolwork, but there's also kind of managing emotions and being understanding that you and I, Kristen, are going through, like, we're upset about the state of the world. But I think that it's affecting kids maybe more than, you know, more than we're discussing, you know, uh, at least um, on the internet that I have seen. Totally. I I think
0: you're right. I mean, I think that there's, like, just some existential stress inherent with um, what our kids are feeling. And, and I think they're also feeling our stress. I know that that's true. I mean, I know that my kids are feeling that um, tension of like, Ma, I know mom needs to work, but I need to ask her something or I need her help. And, you know, it's tough. I, I you know, it, I can't imagine that it feels good for them also knowing that we are pulled in a million different directions and that, you know, asking us for something that they legitimately need is pulling us away from work.
1: It's just, it's a bad setup yeah, we actually I had to instill this rule with the girls if I needed like a solid half hour or a solid hour. It was, is this like you need to divide your questions into two categories: yeah, a question yeah. that needs a question that needs to be answered eventually and something that's a true blocker. Like I cannot move on right. unless this question is answered. And so if it's the first one, just keep working, right? If it's a blocker, you know, come get me or and I and that has helped too. So it's not just, constantly like it's like let's let's save our questions for you know 11 a.m and then I'll, I'll come back and just work around it for now mm-hmm. um And that's helped, too, because I think constantly like what do teachers do if they're just that they've got some independent like kids usually have independent time at some some point during during the school day. I know for all of us that our respect for teachers has increased massively. But we even like we're talking about doing like a post-it, a post-it system where um, everyone's quiet, everyone's working with headphones and they slap a post-it note on the back of their Chromebook if they need help with something. And so that way I know, okay, you know, now's, ta- now's a good time to check in. It seems really convoluted, but, you know, attempting these things have been, have been uh, hel- helping. So I can squirrel away a half hour here and there.
0: Totally. And th- you're right. Those are strategies that teachers use in the classroom. You can't just walk up to a teacher's desk and ask a question at any time during the day. There's rules and structure in place. And yeah, I mean, I guess we have to give ourselves permission to put that kind of structure in place for ourselves as well.
1: Yeah, and I've been doing a lot of, you know, gosh, it's a really beautiful day. Everyone's just a little bit fragile at the moment. Just, you know, pump the brakes on schoolwork right now. Just go outside and just, yeah. you know, have some fun, get some fresh air, come back. The schoolwork will be here in an hour, you know. And I think that's been helping, too. Just like you and I talk about just getting outside for our own sanity. Totally. Um, I think I think that definitely applies to our kids as well. Well, it's interesting,
0: one of the strategies I've put in place is our local school is offering free lunch to any student. So not just students who qualify for free lunch, just free lunch for any student. And it starts at 11, um, but my kids are in school technically till noon. Like actually their school wants them sitting there till noon. And so at noon, I will send them over to the school to get lunch. Really not because we need the lunch that badly, but because it they, it's like an, a mile bike ride Mm, or walk mm -hmm. and it just it's a break in the middle of the day you know right get your lunch get out go get your lunch um and the nice thing is that's kind of when the lunch ends so I feel like anyone who I feel like they're not taking a lunch from someone else who really needed it like those people are showing up right when it opens got Um, it but they're, you know, they're grabbing a lunch if there's leftover food. Um, but that's been sort of our get out of the house thing, you know. And I'm that's nice,
1: yeah. F- basically
0: forcing them to do it. I'm like, if you want to eat lunch, you're gonna go get that lunch because you need to get out of the house.
1: <laughs> no, I like that. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, how how about you? How's your self care been? Um, my sleep
0: has been wonky. Um, my self care has been horrible. Really. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to say it. I, um. My sleep has been bad. One of the m- main things that I know for myself I really need in terms of self-care is alone time. I'm an mm. internal processor. I'm an introvert. Um, I have sensory processing issues, so I can get a little bit easily overwhelmed um, with a lot of noise or movement. You know, I, I really am a person who needs a lot of quiet and solitude, and right. I'm, get- I'm not getting any of it. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, And it's raining right now, so I can't go for walks. Oh. So, yeah, I feel like my self-care is – it's in a really bad place, and I'm feeling that. Like, I really feel that. And I'm not eating well, you know, and it's it's so tough because there's that balance between, you know, not wanting to berate yourself and wanting comfort and, you know, giving yourself permission to bake the cookies. But then, But then it's like, at the same time, it's like – I'm not doing well by my body if I'm not eating well during this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying like I'm I'm actually making myself feel worse in the long term. <laughs>
1: Right, right. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a band aid, but right. And <laughs> in, in the end, it in the end, it's to our detriment. It is, and I'm feeling that too. Like I think I'm actually feeling the physical effects, not just like
0: oh I feel heavier, but just I do. I do think that I don't feel as well when I'm putting crap in my body, and I've just been putting crap in my body for two weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's hard too because I, uh, I don't know. Like it's just. It's it's comforting. For me, it's comforting to bake bread and then eat that bread. <laughs> For know? sure. Yeah. Well, and one of
0: my daughters is like, she wants to bake every single day and try new recipes. And it's like, oh, I made snickerdoodle brownies. And it's like, it okay, great. So your oh, coping yes. mechanism is baking and mine is eating. Cool.
1: That is – that is. A hun- I saw that because I was laughing. Be- I, I saw that on your Instagram and I was laughing because that's one of my daughters as well. It's like when she's feeling – you know, anxious, she kind of just zones out in the kitchen and bake something. And that's really, really good for her. She really enjoys it. She's kind of in her own zone. Um, But then she makes these amazing desserts and they're just in the house. And it's something new every day. Like the other day, it was a cinnamon spice cake with her own buttercream frosting. Oh, my word. And before that, it was – she's like, I just tried this new concoction. It's a layer of brownies with a layer of chocolate chip cookie dough. What? And I – I'm so proud of her and I'm just also, (laughs) I'm also so cross at the same time because how do you say no to that, Kristen? I know, you You don't, you don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I don't have um, a lot of good to report on that end. I'm hoping that I can, I don't know. It's like we're still just finding our new normal, I guess. Um, And my kids are on spring break this week. So there's some relief in that, that I'm not having to babysit school. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's kind of there's no structure. They're just they've been watching television all day.
1: Right. And you were supposed to you were originally supposed to travel. We're supposed
0: to be in sunny Mexico sitting on a beach. Uh, And instead, we're in our house and it's raining the entire week. Hmm. So I mean, hashtag first world problems, but you know, it's it's a little bit disappointing. There's a sure. lot of disappointments in all of this. And, sure, know, I mean it's, my- it's
1: not it's not the tragedy Olympics either. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, there sure. are a lot of, there are a lot of people dealing with worse, but it's still to be expected that all of us are grieving in some small way, whether it's you know over the big stuff or even the little stuff that are that you know that are disappointments. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's hard. I I think that this will continue like as soon as we I feel like we're trying to find our way but it's going to continue to change and which yeah. is for me who someone who just loves routine uh it is it is definitely stretching me <laughs> for sure
0: yeah it is it really is yeah and I feel like we kind of gotten our routine last week and now it's spring break and so it's like now we don't have the routine and yeah, so I'm I'm anxious to actually get back to it because I think we do better. My family does better with a routine, and I think that's yes. you know I, I don't know. I think that there are some parents for whom that's not the case, and that's fine. Y- if you're listening, you shouldn't feel like oh, I guess I have to get on a routine. But for my personality, well, we're both Enneagram three, two, two, three.
1: Right. We like right. our structure. <laughs> sure. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's been part of it too. Is that like I like my structure, but then. Someone's melting down, and it's not her fault. It's you know, yes. it's the, the way to, the way of the world. I would love to know, you know, eventually my own kids' enneagrams, right? Um, and then totally. it's kind of like, all right, I need to pump the brakes on everything because I've got a kid who's melting down, and it looks like anger, but it's really fear. Yeah, and so now they just need to snuggle on the couch and have me do yep. a couple, a couple butt pats, you know, until they, totally. until they feel better. And they, they, I think everyone's just feeling maybe a little unsafe, uneasy. Oh, you know totally.
0: Yeah. yeah, I have a kid who um, her fear manifests as just asking questions. Con- like confirming, you know, so oh, it's a lot yeah. of like, what time are we eating lunch? Okay, and then um are we doing this today? Okay, what's happening at this time? And, you know, the struggle for me is like, I'm working, you know, I like, I'm in the right. middle of a thought, <laughs> I
1: was
2: right. returning an email,
0: and now I lost my place, like, you know, just giving her the patience of a quick answer, because she just has a lot of questions that need answering to feel safe and okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, the benefit is that I think a lot of parents are at least recognizing that you know, like, yeah. oh, this is not out of a place of you know kids rebelling. This is out of a place of like yes. fear and anxiety. This Absolutely. is a stra- this is a strange, brave new world we're living in. We need grace
0: for them and grace for ourselves. That's the truth.
1: Yeah. Well, how about your two thumbs up? Do you have any for the week? I do. So um, I wanted to share if any
0: of you out there are, you know, searching for a good hand sanitizer. I know it's been really hard to come by. Mm. Um, so there is a brand. It's it's kind of fun because it's a brand. I use their moisturizer. It's this gypsy cream moisturizer. It's fantastic. It's um, hemp seed oil based, which I'm a huge fan of. But anyway... Um, their brand is called the Good Stuff Botanicals. You know, it's a smaller, organic, green brand. So nice. they teamed up with a local distillery called Whistling Andy Distillery. Um, so you've got this like organic skincare brand and this distillery, which I love. And both are, you know, small businesses. And they have teamed up to create a hand sanitizer oh, using so the cool. ethanol from the distillery. And, you know, kind of the organic skincare vibe of Good Stuff Botanicals. So they have it in stock. um, As of me saying this right now, Um, it's called Top Shelf Hand Sanitizer. um, And it is in stock right now. So we'll link that up. Um, We'll put it in the Facebook group. But also as a reminder, anytime we mention something on the show, and you want the link, um, we link everything up at selfiepodcast.com. Um, And then my other one um, was a fun little discovery. So um, I have a staircase that I have been trying to... Staircases are weird. Like, I've been trying to decorate it, I guess. Like, what do you put on the walls of a staircase? Um, And I've been wanting to do something with, like, Instagram photos. You know, those cute, like, collages. So I found this company that does custom photo prints on wood. And it's this really cool, like striated plywood, thick plywood, and then they like superimpose the picture on the top. So these they're these little cubes, I want to say maybe like three by three, and you can order like a big bunch of them. And then it comes with a grid, like a paper grid, so that you can hang them perfectly symmetrical.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm on the website right now. They're really cool. They're really
0: cool. And they'll just, they can pull photos from your Instagram. So I didn't even have to like go searching for all the photos. I just... I just like logged into my Instagram account on their on their website, and then it pulled all the photos. So it's, it's kind of like fun.
1: It's like chat books, but for like a wooden block, exactly. And then the wooden yeah.
0: blocks you can um, they come with a magnet and a thumb a thumb what are those called thumbtack so that you can stick it into the wall but they also each one comes with a little hole at the bottom and a little peg so that you could set it on a desk oh that's cute yeah they're really cute i like them a lot what do you have for two thumbs up
1: well you know where i like you and i are both we both live in hot spots and so for us like every store is out of flour, meat, uh, paper towels, toilet paper, the lines at Trader Joe's are massive. And you know, everyone's standing six feet apart, but it's like winding around the plaza. Um, So in an effort, you know, one to, to be greener. And two, also, you know, my kids will have this habit where they'll wash their hands and then just grab whatever's closest and whether that's like a paper towel or like a dishcloth, you know, and right now paper towels, toilet paper, all of that is, they're hot commodities. Yes. So I ended up going on Amazon to get, you know, reasonable paper towel replacements. And so um, I found this 24 pack of cleaning cloths. I have, I don't know if it's a sensory thing. I have a strong dislike of microfiber. You know, that cloth that's like a little bit fuzzy, but it's like, it's like, I don't, I don't like it. I, if, it, it's Maybe, like, it sounds squishy. It feels like I'm cleaning with styrofoam. I don't know. There's just something about it that I don't like. And it's really hard because it feels like every cleaning cloth is microfiber. Anyway, I got a 24-pack of cleaning cloths and then um, some tea towels, which are basically, you know, dish towels for the kitchen. And I use the cleaning cloths, like, anytime there's a spill or I need to just kind of, like wipe down the counter, anything like that. Then I toss them in a bucket under the sink. And the tea towels, they kind of, like, hang over uh, the oven for wiping hands after you've washed your hands, or I will use it when I'm baking bread and I need, like, yeast to rise. Totally. And uh, between the two of those, I have drastically cut down on our paper towel usage. Now, I realize that I sound like I am 15 years late and that I hate Mother Earth. Um, But what it comes down to is, you know, like – Paper towels are just so convenient, especially if you've got a bunch of kids and, and whatever. So we've always been guilty of just using so many. So those two things have really helped. Um, and then this other thing, I tweeted a while back um, for whoever needs to read this. <laughs> Relax your shoulders and unclench your jaw. (laughs) I feel like I am constantly walking around with my shoulders up by my ears and just tension in my jaw, like you with like the TMJ. And in a perfect world, I'd say everyone get like a manduka yoga mat and, you know, You know, all the things that help you uh, just kind of relax. But I think like we're all tense right now. And um, the cheapest thing I can recommend right now is like one of those pressure point balls. And so what it is, it's like a rubber ball. And like, let's say you've got back pain. You kind of just lay on the floor and just kind of wiggle around until you're like almost like you're, you're essentially lying on the ball until it hits that spot. And then you just put pressure on it until... You kind of feel a release like any, you know, any physical therapist might say that I sound absurd right now. I'm sorry that I don't know the right terminology for this. But I use it like at the base of my, um, my skull, like in the back, right, you know, right at that that point at your neck where your skull meets your neck, and it just hurts like Mm -hmm. crazy. So I use it there, I use it on my back, and that has made a difference because otherwise I just feel like I am a ball of like – I feel like I'm just constantly clenching my fists. Totally. And uh, I think a lot of us are like that right now. So, you know, pressure point ball, get yourself a yoga mat, and I don't know, (laughs) working out those muscles have certainly helped. I need a pressure point ball. I really need that. Yeah, I want it just – I think you would like it just for – Even for you, just for like the neck up for your jaw, for your neck, for the base of your skull. Um, Yeah. And you just lie down and just hang out with it for a bit. Put on some slow jams.
0: (laughs) Well, before we go to BJ, I'm actually going to read um, a little – um conversation with my jaw that my friend austin channing brown wrote i will link up to this um again on selfiepodcast.com because i thought this was so funny and relates so much to what you're saying so So good this is it me jaw i know that times are tough but you can relax my jaw oh no i will carry the weight of the world for you me (laughs) that's such a sweet sentiment but really i'd prefer if you didn't my jaw i hear that but someone has to hold all the tension and i can do this just let me do this for you me, but the problem is this hurts like a lot. One thing I don't need during a pandemic is it for me, is it, is for it to hurt every time I chew or yawn. My jaw. <laughs> all right, let's make a deal. I'll relax for now, but at night I get to clench as much and as hard as I want to. <laughs> <laughs> me, no, you see, eight hours is too long for you. It's important that we both get some rest at night. We can't compromise on this. I need you to relax all the time. My jaw. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) I feel like that's a sonnet just for you. I read that and I was dying. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so me. Yeah, so if you're listening right now, do yourself a favor and relax your jaw a little bit
0: Head to www.dearbrightly.com and enter the promo code SELFIE to get 15% off your first order, which is their very best offer anywhere. That's S-E-L-F-I-E to get 15% off your first order at dearbrightly.com. If you want to try a great quality razor that cuts down on the wastefulness of disposable razors, try Athena Club Razor Kit. You can get 20% off your first order at athenaclub.com with the promo code SELFIE. That's A T H E N A C L U B.com with the
2: promo code SELFIE for 20% off. Totally. All right, let's hear from BJ. Today I wanted to go back to a question that was presented to us at the beginning of this season and answer that question. I'm hoping this person is listening. So here's the question. I'm in a sexless marriage. I've been with my husband almost 20 years, married for 12. We have four kids, 11 years to three years. We've not had sex in a long time, maybe three times in the last four years since we bought our house. I love him. I'm in love with him. I'm still attracted, but he isn't interested in being physical. I've tried to talk to him about it, but his response is, it's just not the season for this right now with the stresses of work and kids. My husband does not believe in therapy. I'm not sure what to do. I feel equal parts happy and content with my life and also sad and isolated in my marriage. I had to give up pursuing this because the rejection piece is so hard. I'm an Enneagram one, so you can imagine the inner critic swarming in my brain. I feel stuck and need some help or advice. This is a challenging one because any time that the problem or challenge lies within the power of someone who's not in on the conversation. It's really hard to know how to shift it. I do have a few questions that I think it's important for you to be able to visit with your partner. First of all, my first question goes to depression. Is your husband experiencing some depression? Is that something that he has experienced before that could be revisiting at this time? What's behind the overwhelm that he feels around work and kids? I frequently hear women, moms, saying they're not interested in sex during the time that things are so difficult raising children. I remember my mom feeling just lethargic throughout her childbearing years and never having energy, and I'm certain that it affected her relationship with my dad sexually, Um, And I remember having those same feelings in my own childbearing years and how hard it was just to conjure up the energy, much less the desire at times when stress was high. And so it's unusual for us to hear men say those words around it. They usually use a different reason. So I'm just curious what that is. Is his job especially stressful um, is that really the the reason? Do you believe that that's truly the reason or you do you feel like that's just the reason he gives? Um, I'm curious about those things and I think those, I'm only saying that because I think it's important for you to be curious about those things and um, see if you can't identify whether those things might be contributing without having to have conversations with him. If you recognize the signs of depression, if this is something that's in his medical history or his familial history. I think that's important to know. The second thing is an underlying health issue. Often men struggle with desire when there's low testosterone and it's not an uncommon diagnosis, but most men uh, or a lot of men are doctor averse and aren't likely to go seek medical treatment around that, or even identify that that might be the problem. So, It's important also for you to be able to have these conversations with him without it being so much about an agenda of getting back to sex as much as understanding why he's challenged with it. And those are conversations that are really important to your emotional intimacy, which is crucial in order for us to have physical intimacy that's really meaningful is it's important that we have emotional intimacy and that starts way outside the bedroom. So I do think it's important that you find a way to engage him in conversation just around the curiosity piece. I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I just want to know you. I want to see you. I want, I want you to feel seen. I want you to feel cared for. I want to know that you're Okay. And so you step into the curiosity conversation around these topics. I also wonder what his definition of a season is. Does he say how long a season lasts? Why he would use that terminology. He's implying that it's temporary. But what would it take for the season to come to an end? What definition would he use to define a less stressful life? that would then motivate him to have that desire. I think it's interesting that he's chosen those words unless he has a meaning behind it. And I think it's important for you to know that meaning. And so that's another part of the conversation that can be had. And then we have to turn to the parts that you can not control because he may still not have those conversations with you. And You have what it takes to have those conversations with him. You guys have been together a long time and I think it's important for you to be able to enter into an engaging conversation of really getting to know each other around these things and knowing what he means by his words. Sometimes we hide behind words because we don't really want to explain or don't know how to explain or maybe aren't in touch with what we're actually feeling and those words might seem right but when pressed he might have a hard time really defining it so it's okay to ask that and once you've reached this place where either you've gotten the answers that he's going to give and it's not going to change anything or maybe hopefully it will open up a desire in him to investigate further what's the cause behind this but worst case scenario here, all of this fails, you get stonewalled, then what do you do? And this is really a universal conversation because there's a lot about relationships that are outside of our control. And when we feel a need to control, it's usually because we're afraid as children, whenever we felt untethered in some way, or afraid without someone to Eminently, either explain that there's not a reason to be afraid or to remove the threat if there is an actual threat, we start finding ways to manage the fear and manage the threat. And that's where our need to control things comes from. And so, at the end of the day, emotional intelligence is most often defined by our ability to let go of outcomes to live in the present moment and to release the things in our lives that we have no control over because we spend so much of our time trying to gain control over things that we have no power over because we believe it will give us a sense of empowerment and we feel it will give us a sense of safety and we're used to creating some level of safety by taking control of things growing up. And so in this conversation, if your husband's not willing to engage and share any more with you, then the important thing is for you to be able to take care of yourself in this. And so you mentioned feeling rejected when you attempted to have these conversations and he wasn't willing to go deeper or to offer a solution or better yet have sex with you when you were initiating it. And That can be incredibly hurtful. And I think you probably stopped initiating just so you didn't have to have the experience of feeling rejected. And I think most of us do that too. What I would encourage you to do is address the feelings you have about being rejected. Being in our adult selves means we are completely engaged in all of our best traits, so we're full of compassion and care and love and kindness. Doesn't mean we don't feel other emotions, but we know what to do with them. For angry, we know how to be appropriate in our angry anger. If we're upset, we know how to process those feelings and get to a solution and soothe ourselves. So your concern about feeling rejected probably leads to a lot of stories about whether or not your husband's attracted to you and whether or not he's still in love with you. And those can create a lot of those kinds of feelings can create a lot of fear and lack of trust and anxiety within a relationship our response to that is often beyond what's actually happening and reverting back to our attachment systems that we developed in childhood. So we're all born with a secure attachment system, but all of us end up losing that security. We don't lose it. It's actually intact deep within us. It's our best self. It's our truth. It is us in our highest self when we're most connected to ourselves. But We all develop an insecure attachment and there's different styles of insecure attachment and anxious attachment often comes from feelings of abandonment and rejection in early childhood. And so when we feel ourselves being abandoned and rejected in our adult relationships, it calls up those same emotions and suddenly it feels like it felt when we were children. And we were anxious because we were abandoned or rejected by our primary caregivers or other people in our lives. And so it's really important for you to practice a lot of self-compassion and speak against that part of your brain that's writing that story about your value based on your husband's willingness to have sex with you, because you are worthy of love and, and affection and and attention and all the things that we need in our lives you're you're worthy of that you were born worthy of that that is your birthright and no one can take that from you but we all at different times in life believe that we're not worthy believe that we don't belong we feel unseen and unlovable not because we don't think we are lovable but we come to believe that others think we aren't lovable And if we can love ourselves and practice self-compassion on a level that we are able to believe it to our core and live in it as our truth, then we can be rejected and abandoned by others and never take that on as truth. We will recognize that that is something that that person's going through. We can step into compassion for that person and care and concern for them and not let it become about our value or our worth. And that's the key to a healthy sense of self and a healthy way to be in relationship with others. There is a workbook. There's, first of all, there's a woman named Kristen Neff. Um, She's a therapist and a researcher, very much like Brene Brown. They're actually good friends. And I may have mentioned her self-compassion workbook before, the mindful self-compassion workbook. It's available on Amazon. It's also available on Barnes and Noble's website. It's hard to find in stores because it's been a while since it was first published. But there's a book, there's a website, there's a test on the website. But that workbook actually stands alone. If you want to read all the other stuff, you can. But if you want to just get the workbook and work through it, it is really a valuable way of raising your self-awareness around your self-compassion, recognizing if you do have self-defeating thoughts, if you do have a belief about yourself and your own worthiness and your own belonging, it will take you through the steps of learning Who you are and being connected to yourself in that way, and truly practicing self compassion in those moments when you revert into feeling like you felt as a child when you came to believe you weren't worthy or you weren't, or that you were invisible or whatever the story of your childhood trauma is. So, I really recommend that book to everybody. Um, And I hope this is helpful in answering your question. So, before I wrap up, I'd like to read a poem to you. I don't know how many of you know who Cleo Wade is, but if you haven't, look her up on Instagram. Google her. She's an amazing young woman, and she's published a couple of books of her work. In the age of coronavirus and COVID-19, I just think this is a really encouraging message. How to breathe when you want to give up. Today, I am breathing through fatigue, fear and feeling overwhelmed. I breathe because when I breathe, I'm reminded that I am alive. I'm reminded that to be able to fill my body with air means that I have the ability to keep going. I am reminded that my time on earth may be short, but it can be powerful if I dedicate it to love and fairness. When I breathe, I'm reminded of Mary Oliver when she wrote, Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? So I breathe. And let my breath turn into a smile that says back to her as much as I can.
0: Thank you for that, BJ. Well, one of the things we wanted to talk about right now is how to find connection during this sort of isolating time. You know, and I think it's an interesting time because everyone has different connection needs and everyone is in different, like different stages or variations of isolation. Like for me, I'm isolating, quote unquote, with um, there's eight of us, Uh, myself, my four kids, my boyfriend and his two kids. Um, And so there's a lot of people. I don't feel lonely, but I really miss my friends.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my family is a joy. And at the same time, all I want to do is go meet my friend the bar that we always meet at and just sit there and, you know, have dinner and chit chat. And um, it's just not, it's not the same. I think, I think I miss that a lot. I really do miss that a lot. I miss getting together or or the usual things that I did where it was like, let's get together for dinner or let's get together and go for a long walk or let me come hang out with your baby, you know? Totally. Um, My brother just had a baby. And, oh man. Yeah, and he's in London. And you know, I had I'm so sad. I'm so sad that I can't I can't pop over and one help but to, you know, meet this baby. And, and that's a bummer too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like, you know, we had plans to see
0: my family this year and like a lot of who live in Florida. Um, but then even our local family, like my kids saw their grandparents, um, they came by about a week ago, um, and just hung in the front yard with my kids like sitting, you know, 10 feet away. Um, but now people are recommending that that that's not even okay, which is I think yeah. an interesting question for us to chat through because this was... Perhaps one of the more contentious conversations I've seen in our selfie Facebook group. Yes. Um, Things are usually pretty chill, pretty respectful in there. We've even had conversations about vaccines that stayed (laughs) sane and respectful, which is unheard of. Right. Um, But someone had asked, you know, is it okay to like get together, but sit six feet apart, or circle up our cars and sit in the trunk and talk? Like, you know, what's the balance of um, being safe, and following the precautions, but finding some social connection in there?
1: So I think I, you know, I, I would never speak for you, Kristen, but based on what the CDC and what doctors and what nurses are saying, is that as lovely as that sounds, that is not that is not the spirit of social distancing. And right. it's present it's presenting unnecessary risk. And the reason why that six feet rule is in place, that six-foot rule is in place, not because they want everyone to hang out and just stand six feet apart. If you're an essential worker or you have to go to the grocery store, or you have to go to the pharmacy, yes, wear a mask you know, stay six feet apart. Um, But that's if you have to leave the house, they're saying you should not leave the house. So these ideas of let's do a driveway party, or let's circle our cars around, or let's all go for a walk, and we'll all just stand six feet apart. That's like, that that's that is pretty much against what they're saying. That's not the spirit behind it. It's if you must, if you must, stay at least six feet apart. But it's not, I don't know how to explain it. It's not permission. It's, uh, it's uh-huh. a parameter. It's a parameter if you must leave your home.
0: Well, I, I mean, I think what you're saying, too, is that the six foot rule is a bare minimum, like, necessary thing. It, like you know, when you're when you're engaged in a necessary activity like buying groceries
1: right. and it minimizes risk. It doesn't eliminate risk right. And so what you're doing when you're hanging out with people and you're staying six feet apart, you are, you know, and, and this is I'm saying this without without wanting to shame anyone, but it is presenting risk and it just feels when there are, you know, Hospitals that are full and doctors and nurse- nurses that are getting diagnosed with COVID and, and, and dying. And when, um, you know, the numbers for our country are as high as they are in regards to diagnoses and death, it just does not make sense. To Do something that isn't essential. And that hurts me to say because I want to do the same thing. I want to go sit on my friend's porch and stand six feet away from her and have a beer. But I won't do that because I know that people are sacrificing a lot. And my job is to keep my butt at home. Well, and I'll
0: speak to this, you know, just so people know, we're really not shaming here. I was engaging in this behavior. So, you know, we live in a neighborhood where we have a lot of friends and we were doing things where it's like, okay, we're gonna, you know, we'll we'll bring our own chairs and we'll sit in this driveway, but we'll sit, you know, far apart. Um, we were doing that. And, right. you know, I think I kind of had to come to Jesus meeting this past week. Well, first of all, we were doing that and I felt we were being really safe. It was like no one was sitting in a chair that they didn't bring. No one was eating or drinking something they didn't bring. We're staying far apart. But then it's like a, a couple things convicted me. Number one is I felt like it wasn't modeling for the kids um, how serious this was, right? Mm. Because the kids and even neighbors, maybe they are not observing what close precautions we're taking and it just looks like we're hanging out you know? Right. And so I, I thought it was bad modeling. But then another thing that I felt convicted by was, and, and this is more so for driving, which we weren't really driving. But, you know, the point of staying home is also to minimize our risk of car accidents, any kind of accident, like we need to all be out of the ER right now. You know, like, if we're all staying home and we're all staying off the roads that keeps you know inevitably there's going to be less accidents and that's going to keep our hospitals more clear right Um, so I feel like I was a little convicted by that Um, but then yeah I mean I just I I agree with what you're saying I think it's you know it's six feet is a minimum There's saying that it could be even further and it just it's not it's not worth it. It's really not worth it, especially for you know, I mean I I really do not want to get this. like I'm not a person who's like, well, just everyone's gonna get it eventually. like I'm in this for the long haul. Um, but yeah, it's it it was sad to sort of admit like, okay, we we can't do this anymore.
1: you know, I think too is that um, the recommendations just change like they keep changing. They did. Well, that's so, right. I mean, this- what you did a week ago is not what you would do today. Right. So I guess four weeks ago, I guess, I, you know, we did a, a fire pit and we invited a couple neighbors over and we put the, um, the chairs super far apart. And then after that, it was like, ah, that's not, you know... I mean, if, ju- if just touching or – I mean, the USTA says stop playing tennis because, you know, you go to the courts, even if it's just, you know, so you and someone you live with, you go to the courts, you're touching gates, you're mm-hmm. touching rackets, mm-hmm. and then you're touching the surfaces, you're touching right. balls, you're touching all these things. And I'm like, holy cow, if – playing tennis by yourself, like with a loved one, with someone you're isolating with, is not safe, then there's no way I should be doing, you know, a driveway hangout, which is a bummer because I would, I would, you know, that sounds really fun right now. For everyone's mental sanity, hanging out with people sounds great.
0: Yeah, and I th- I'll i say this too, you know, another thing that I've was convicted on this week is this is our spring break as I mentioned. And, you know, in my head I'm like, well, maybe we could just go to the mountains and we could rent an Airbnb and take in all of our own food. And it would only be, you know, two hours away. So if someone fell ill, we would just drive home. And I'm like trying to find all these loopholes. But then the reality is it's just like you have to go get gas or you have to you know, or God forbid someone takes a tumble and you have to go into the hospital, and you're in a smaller, you know, town that can't accommodate. Like we really do all need to just stay home.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. You know? um, yeah, that's right. And it and it's like so. My daughter's birthday is this week. And it's a bummer because obviously we're not going to have a party and her relatives aren't going to come over and um, it's going to be really small. So uh, in an effort to find a way to participate in revelry but stay isolated, we put together (laughs) – we're making signs and we're – we live in an area where this is okay and it's not like we're on the side of a highway, but we're going to go into the main road in town and we're going to say, you know, honk, Uh, it's my birthday. And we've invited people to just drive by and wave. And we have said, you know, what we don't want is for people to get out of their cars and congregate, because that is an unnecessary risk. But we would love it if you would honk your horn and wave as you drive by. And and that's going to... That's going to have to be enough. You know, yeah. this is going to be her COVID birthday party is having, you know, friends and, and strangers drive by and wave. And I think that, I don't know, I think that could be fun. I think that if I saw, you know, some kids on the side of the road celebrating their birthday, I would certainly honk and wave. Oh my so, gosh, totally. I don't know, maybe like a little community builder too. And we're just, you know, just making the best of it. Um, but, you know, no social distancing play date, right? <laughs> um but a drive-by, a drive-by honk and wave sounds sounds uh, harmless to me.
0: Well, Karis actually had two different friends with birthdays this week. And so she made them a cute little video and sent it over. I know they've kind of all been like, um, you know, flooding each other with like video messages for each other's birthday, which I think is really cute.
1: Yeah, let's um... – what tools have you been using to stay connected with people? Yeah. Well, so I've been doing, I do a Zoom
0: meeting. We, we kind of have a standing meeting with a group of girlfriends. Um, it's the group of girlfriends that I go um, on a trip with every January. And so every mm-hmm. Sunday night, we get together on Zoom, kind of have a little cocktail hour and chat. Um, So that's been really nice um, to just see each other's faces. Um, And then Voxer is a big one. I mean, it always has been for me because a lot of my friends don't live in my town. So I am a little bit accustomed, I will say, to like keeping up with friends, you know, from a distance. Right. So Voxer's been really, really helpful. Um, How about you?
1: Um, You know, I've been doing, I did a, you know, my birthday was in the middle, midst of all of this too. And so my friend and I did a Zoom and she opened up her birthday present for me (laughs) um, on camera and said, hey, this is what I got you. I'm unwrapping it. And uh, when I see you next, you can have it. So that was a, uh, a cute way to celebrate. Um, I haven't quite gotten the hang of Marco Polo yet, but it's like Voxer, but for video only. Right. And the reason why I like Voxer, and I think one of the reasons why you like Voxer too, is that you don't have to be on it live. It's like tech it's right. like the ease of a text message. Like you can voice chat me whenever on Voxer and I can listen to it whenever and voice you back, as opposed to having to be on a phone call or having to be on um, you know, just having to be uh on live, and that's the same with Marco Polo. It's the same thing, but it's video chatting back and forth, but at your leisure, right? So yes. we don't have to schedule a Facetime.
2: Totally.
1: Um, so that's that's been helpful. Uh, my daughter and her friends have been leaving notes in mailboxes, which I think is pretty sweet. Um, you know, as safely as possible, uh, just to stay connected. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think I think Zoom's been fun, but and and Marco Polo FaceTime, it's it all feels like we're just kind of trying whatever, you know, and uh, yeah. it's not it's not the same. But I've you know probably FaceTimed my brother every day since the baby was born, and I got to uh, meet my niece via uh, FaceTime, um, which is not the same, but still still nice, still nice to see her uh, little newborn face. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, as
0: funny as it sounds, I do feel like social media has, you know, it's been more connecting. Someone, I didn't come up with this, but I don't remember who to credit for this. But they had said, like, we're all experiencing the same thing. Like, this is one of those rare times where everyone is dealing with the exact same thing. And there is some sort of inherent connection to that, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and and in our area, you know, because because of the hot spot that we're in, um like shipped and Instacart and all of that, right now it's like a 4 week wait to get groceries delivered. Yeah, ours too. And so what we're doing is, you know, we're in we've got like a local moms group or I've got a local text thread and it's, "Hey, I'm going to go to Trader Joe's." I'm going to get in the 45 it's it's, a, it's like getting a it's like going on a ride at Disney. I'm going to be in line for 45 minutes waiting to get in. Yeah. What can I get you and I'll do a no contact drop off. Totally. And there's something about the camaraderie there that I think is really nice. I also, generally, I feel like I'm pretty gregarious. Like, if I'm out for a walk, I say hi, or I wave at cars that are going by. Uh But I find that people are just maybe so (laughs) also just so starved for human contact that it's just like, oh, hi, we're both walking the same path, and we're staying on the opposite sides of the street, and you're wearing a mask, and I'm still, you know, but it's still nice to just, like, I see you, you're going through this too, I'm going through this as well, I wish you a good day, you know? Totally.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like my neighborhood has never been so friendly.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I you know, I I think the first thing I'll do when COVID is over is probably like uh with consent hug everyone I see. Yes. It's just gonna be not not a Christian side hug like we grew up learning. Like an like awkward a, full frontal hug. No, like like two <laughs> arms, you know, chest to chest. Uh-huh. Just like a big, like a Boob big smush. squeeze. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So that's, I am, I am definitely, I am definitely looking forward to that. Um, I am but, too. you know, you know, handwritten notes are just like, you, you know how I am about TikToks. I've just been sending people random TikToks. And I will say that uh, the ignore rate is probably like 50% because... <laughs> Some of you are not yet as cultured as I am. Um, but I, I find that that's a fun a fun thing too. It's just, hey, look at this thing I found on the internet. and that's that's like the extent of the conversation. You know, it's interesting though,
0: i I have found that, you know, as we're in this, it's like we're kind of finding new connection points and even reaching out a little bit more. like, there's a group of moms and we're all friends but like we've been texting every day and like I wouldn't have texted them every day previously or like I've gotten on and done zooms with people that like I wouldn't have done zooms with before like it I mean and obviously we're you know we all have more time than usual but I think we're all we're creating new pathways that are kind of interesting
1: yeah and I and I like it it feels a little bit like Oregon Trail like you know uh, I'm baking. We have this great thread going in the Selfie Podcast community group where it's like, what have you tried now that you didn't try before? Or what have you DIYed that you're proud of? And people are like sewing their own masks or, you know, baking or whatever. And it's kind of fun to just share that too, you know, just kind of exploring. Um, I don't know. Necessity is the mother of trying new totally. hobbies.
0: <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Um, yeah. But there, I mean, you uh, know, I think we're figuring things out, but I do think that there's nothing quite like really being in person. You know, I think that there's just a level of someone called it zoom fatigue, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, there's nothing quite like physical bodies and physical presence. I mean, it's one of the reasons I've always loved live theater versus going to a movie because I, you know, there's something to that live experience. And I, I think it's, I think it's real to miss that. And I want to say too that my, you know, my empathy is with people who are quarantining maybe without family members or who find right. themselves alone in this season. Um, I mean, I know, you know, there's moms and dads across the country whining about being locked down with their kids. But I also know um, and have some friends who are finding this to be a very isolating and lonely experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, you know, I, w- I was thinking about that as well, because it's, you know, it's like one, uh, reach out to your extroverted friends. <laughs> yeah. But two, um, what about the people that are just really, that are just really isolated? And for someone who is uh, an Enneagram too, I find that I really like saying, hey, what do you need? But I am terrible at saying, hey, I need this right now. And I think a- at this point, you know, someone in... Um, like mom text thread, same thing. Like all of a sudden we're texting every day. It's, If you need something, say something, because Mm -hmm. we all want to help each other. We're all going through this. All of us are having our own meltdowns at different times. Raise your hand, you know? And I think, like, uh, this is an invitation to anyone who's listening and is feeling super isolated. The Selfie Podcast community group is very caring and very welcoming. And there have been conversations around this. And uh, I'm sure it would be easy to find someone to at least do check-ins with, um, you know, just to do a sanity check every day. Or, you know, we need to do another you know, Zoom room happy hour or something. I know um, we should. A social distancing fine. social hour. Yeah. So if you're if you're there and you feel like you just are so uncomfortable raising your hand, I encourage you to fight that feeling because it really is important to find connection when they're when we're in the middle of something that's really difficult and unprecedented for people who are living now, you know, none of us, uh, dealt with, uh, the Spanish flu or, you know, any other global pandemic from the 1800s and the 1900s. So, um, you know, uh, I don't know, raise your, raise your hand because there are people that are absolutely willing to chat or help, or, you know, if you need a couple select high quality TikToks, please let me know. And I would be, happy to (laughs) deliver them for you
0: (laughs) you're out of control Um, but yes i do agree our selfie facebook community is an amazing source of finding connection if you need that Um, and if you are feeling lonely um you know we hope that you can find some community in that space as well so you guys can always find us there on facebook Hey, thank you for joining us. Continue the self-care conversation with us on Instagram at
1: Podcast and in the Selfie Podcast community group on Facebook. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so you can catch up with us next week. Take care.